Welcome to the Zen Exotic Zoo podcast, presented by Zen Habitats. I'm your host, Casey. I am a certified vet tech and animal care manager here at Zen Habitats. At Zen Habitats, we are focused on improving the standard of reptile care by providing high-quality products and exceptional customer service. In this podcast, we'll be bringing you engaging interviews from leading experts within the animal industry, including breeders, veterinary staff, entrepreneurs, and so much more. If you're ready to learn about some fascinating reptiles and other critters, make sure you subscribe to our channel on your favorite podcast platform. You are now listening to Casey Talks Critters, episode 12, the Zen Habitats Reptile Tour and more with me, Casey. Welcome back to another episode of Casey Talks Critters. This episode is going to be a little bit different. Um, today we're going to talk more so about the Zen Critters. Um, nothing in particular. We're just going to go over some questions that you guys asked me and hopefully I can educate you guys on all the critters that we have here in the office. Um, well, maybe not all of them. We have quite a few, but I do want to give you some updates on some of our critters. So stick around and make sure that you are following us on all of our social media platforms we are on TikTok, we are on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, LinkedIn, and this episode will also be on your favorite podcast platform, so make sure to listen to it there. So let's get started with some questions. So the first question I am going to answer is what reptile started my obsession with reptiles? And actually, it wasn't even a reptile, it would be an amphibian, and I was obsessed with frogs as a kid. I loved catching frogs. Um, my family has a lot of property up in Maine and it was perfect habitat for these guys. There was tons of pickerel frogs, leopard frogs, American bullfrogs, different toads. I had such a fun upbringing being in nature able and able to experience these animals. Um, you know, numbers of garter snakes as well. Um, it was just a fun thing. And I didn't really know at the time what herping was. I was just a kid playing with little critters. Um, and now I know that like, it's an actual study, you know, herpetology is the study of reptiles and amphibians. And, um, yeah, it's just really cool that I was able to experience all of that at such a young age. And, um, I really urge you if you have children to bring them to places that they can experience nature I really think it's so enriching for your life and their lives to be able to be so passionate about something even if it's not something that they're super interested in it's a great little outlet to bond with your kiddos since we're talking about frogs first let's show you this cool frog that we have here in the office he is one of our red-eyed tree frogs and they are so cool obviously they get their name from that bright red color in their eyes but they also have these cool orange toes as well as this awesome blue striping down the sides of his body unfortunately he's a little sleepy right now so we're not going to bother him too much but I wanted you guys to get an up-close view of this cool little frog so our next question was, how do we get the reptiles here in the office? Do we breed them in-house? Do we purchase them? And honestly, it's a it's a mix of all of the things. So here we have Ernie, our crested gecko that here, lives here in the office. Um, I actually, on my own time, breed crested geckos, or I'm going to be breeding crested geckos once they're large enough. Um, so maybe we'll have some more crested geckos here in the office that came from my personal breeding 
project. Other than that, most of the animals have been purchased here from either breeders or local pet stores. We have rehomed a few critters from local people who um, could no longer care for them or um, you know, wanted to get them a new home here in the office. So yeah, we've gotten animals from all sorts of ways. Ernie here was actually from a crested gecko breeder and he's just a really, really cool guy. This is one of my personal baby geckos that are here in the office. They're actually going to be moving to my home today. Um, so this is the last time they'll be in the office, but I just wanted to show you guys how small in comparison this baby crested gecko is. They are just so cute. Crested geckos are definitely one of my favorite reptiles. They're so personable and the difference in patterns and everything is just amazing. These guys come in so many different colors and variations and I just think they are just a stunning, really cool animal. All right, say bye to that little bug guy. <laughs> All right, friend, let's go home. While we're talking about geckos, someone asked, how is Shortcake doing? And for those of you who don't know who Shortcake is, she is our newest ambassador animal species, um, and she is a baby Lichianus gecko. These guys are so cool. They really do look like moss. They have the best camouflage, and I can't wait to see this girl grow up. Lichianus geckos are the largest geckos in the world, so she's going to be a pretty substantial gecko when she's full size. Let's take a look at her. Okay, everyone, this is Shortcake. She is our baby Lichianus gecko. Look how cute that little dinosaur face is. She is amazing. We recently got her um, at the Flora Fauna Conference from an amazing gecko breeder. She is going to be housed in a two by two by four Zen Habitat enclosure, so she's gonna have tons of arboreal space, and it's just gonna be really amazing. Um, but yeah, that is our little girl right there. Very cool. One of the questions I was asked was, what is my favorite Zen Habitats product? And besides, obviously, the enclosures, I think my favorite product would have to be the Zen Cave. It is this massive resin cave that has a nice slate top. So it has, it's multi-purpose. It's a hide, it's a basking area. Um, it provides an area for your dragons to file their nails down when they climb up it. It's just a really, really great product. And it's massive. I don't know about you guys, but like the pet stores that are around me never have large hides. So I really like these not only for bearded dragons, but I like them for blue tongue skinks. I like them for ball pythons. I think it's a really excellent hide. This is the Zen Cave. Look how big this is. It's amazing. And I just pulled this out of our ball pythons enclosure and I have my hands inside and it is so warm in there. This slate top gets nice and toasty. So right now it's probably, I'd say about 100 degrees Fahrenheit. It's a nice toasty place. And depending on your basking light wattage and how far away it is from the cave, you know, you could achieve a much warmer temperature. So say if you have Euromastics that need like 135, you could definitely get this slate nice and hot. Another accessory that I think is phenomenal is the Zen Habitat's Bio Basin. And this is basically a plastic basin that you can tape into the bottom of your enclosure 
enclosure to make it watertight so you can do things like bioactive enclosures and not have to worry about any leakages um, from the moisture in your substrate. So that's another product that I think is really great and it fits either a 2x2 two two footprint or a 4x2 footprint. I've also hacked and DIY'd a few of them and taped some together to make massive ones. So I made an 8x4 foot by 4 foot one for our Artegu Rosie. So this is a really fun question. Someone asked, what is my dream setup for my dream reptile? So you may have caught in previous episodes, but a sailfin dragon is definitely on my bucket list of critters. Um, I just know that their care is very intensive and it's just not something that might fit my lifestyle right now. But when I get to that point, I can't wait to make an awesome sailfin dragon enclosure. I would do it as a eight foot by four foot by four foot tall enclosure. And I would add in a nice waterfall with lots of lush plants and plenty of branches to bask on. So instead of doing something that's really tall, they really enjoy having length with the height. So I think by providing something that's eight feet in length with really long branches, they'll have ample opportunities to express their natural behaviors. So we got a ton of bearded dragon questions. So I'm gonna go grab a friend and let's go through all of those questions. All right, so everyone, this is Zoe. She is one of the bearded dragons here in the office. She is a really sweet girl. I love this dragon so much. And I figured she could help me answer some of the bearded dragon questions. So our first one is, Bearded Dragon has to go to the vet. Do you prefer a harness or a carrier? And honestly, I prefer a carrier. The car can be stressful, the vet visit can be stressful. So if we have them in something that's quiet and dark and confined, they won't get as overstimulated by the other lights and sounds of the veterinary office as well as the car. Harnesses are great. I think you could also put the harness on just in case they unzipped the carrier and got out in your car. Um, but um, I do like the idea of harnesses for outside enrichment time, but I think for a vet visit, a carrier would be preferred. All right, our next question was, I have a 4x2x2 four by two by two Zen Habitat enclosure for my bearded dragon, and I want to know what is the right UVB length tube. So I like to put in a 36 inch tube in a four foot enclosure. So that's gonna give you 75% coverage over the top of the enclosure. Someone also asked, can there be too much UVB? And actually, they can be, and definitely depends on the species. If we're talking about bearded dragons, it has to be pretty high UVB for them to get affected, but they absolutely can. They can end up with burns and things like that from too much UVB exposure. Let's take a closer look at Zoe because she is a really cool dragon. Um, she is actually a leatherback morph, so I wanna show you what that looks like. So she's got these really nice soft scales and this beautiful patterning. Um, she's just a really, really cool bearded dragon. We were also asked what is our dusting schedule for insects um, being fed to bearded dragons. And what I personally like to do is I always dust with calcium without D3. Um, if you provide the calcium with D3, they, you can get an overdose of D3. Um, 
so they're getting it orally and then they're also getting it when they convert calcium via their UVB light into D3. Um, D3 is a fat soluble vitamin and um, so it's stored in the fat cells and if there's too much of it, you can end up with a toxicity. So that's why I opt to use just calcium without D3. And then once a week, I also do a light dusting of vitamin A and a multivitamin. You guys had some awesome questions about the enclosures specifically. And one was, do you think we'd ever make enclosures for tortoises? Now, we don't have a tortoise specific enclosure, but I could definitely see using our extension kits like we did with Rosie Artegu for a Tortoise. So instead of using the four foot high enclosures, you could definitely do the two foot high enclosures and put it up on a stand and it would be like a tortoise table. So depending on the size tortoise you have would obviously um, depend on the size enclosure you need to make. Um, so for Rosie, we have made an eight by four by four. I would definitely do like an eight by four by two for a number of smaller tortoises like Russian tortoises or leopard tortoises. Okay, this one is a question that we are asked all the time. How do I get suction cups to stick to the Zen Habitat enclosures? And honestly, I don't. I'm not a huge fan of suction cups, unless they're the weird vacuum ones where you have to push in and then click them into place. Other than that, I feel like the regular wet um, suction cups don't do anything. I do um, prefer to use command hooks, so the 3M command strips with the little hooks attached are perfect for hanging different accessories like vines and branches. Um, I find those to work the best. The great thing about our enclosures is that every enclosure comes with support bars, and each support bar can handle up to 25 pounds. So you can hang your lighting from it, you can hang plants, you can hang vines, different climbing structures. They're really a multi-purpose use and I think it's just great that they're automatically there. We had mentioned Chip earlier in this episode and that he has a zen cave within his enclosure. I was also asked what kind of heat that I, um, what kind of heat do I provide for Chip? Um, whether it's under tank or overhead lighting. And for me, I actually prefer overhead lighting and that is because it's more natural and it mimics more of that sun warming up things versus the ground warming up, which wouldn't happen in nature. So um, I have very good luck with just doing overhead lighting um, and my enclosure stays nice and warm and it does mimic that sun cycle. Something we also do for Chip in regards for lighting is we provide him with UVB and an LED plant bar. So this is going to keep his plants alive. The UVB has been shown to improve the life of your reptiles so it's something that we definitely recommend when housing ball pythons. Someone requested to see isopods. So like the crested geckos, I also raise up my own isopods. I mainly only focus on the powder whites and the dairy cows, but right here I have one of these little guys. Aren't they so cool? I just love these guys. I think isopods are so stinging cute and I really really like raising them and I I think they're super fun. Yeah, let's go home, little dude. <laughs>
Last question, and it has nothing to do with reptiles, but I thought it'd be fun, is what hair dye do I use? And I figured I'd give you a little bit of a story time. So I go to a professional stylist. When I was a teenager, I did fun colors, and I used to do it myself. Um, I ruined my hair. I literally lost my hair in chunks after one bleaching accident and since then I have been terrified to do my own hair and I have an excellent stylist that I go to that uses professional products and has the education to know what she's doing to not ruin my hair. So my best advice if you want a fashion color hair color is to go to a professional. It is definitely something that is worth the money, is worth the time, and you end up with great results. Granted, I need a touch up. So just, you know, go back to some old videos, see when I'm nice and vibrant. <laughs> I think we went over a lot of really great information on this episode of Casey Talks Critters. We'll be back next month with a very special guest. Make sure that you are hitting that notification bell so you will be notified for our next episode and more videos from our channel. We are also, again, on all of the other social media platforms, so take a minute and follow us on all of those. And check us out on your favorite podcast platform. We'll catch you next time. Thanks so much.